Good morning. I trust the Lord that you are doing good. And uh, everything is going on well. Praise the Lord. I would like to start by reading two portions of the scriptures. The first one will be in the book of Matthews, chapter 24, verse 14. And especially because we're talking about mission and the world, this portion of the scripture is very important. So if you have your Bible, turn there. And so the Bible reads, and this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations. And then shall the end come. Praise Jesus. Turn to the gospel according to John, chapter number 12. I read a couple of verses there, verse 27. So if you have your Bible, go there. John 12, verse 27. And this is Jesus speaking. He said, now is my soul troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me. From this hour, Jesus was feeling like the hour of death was coming, approaching. But for this cause came I unto this hour. 28, Father, glorify thy name. Then came there a voice from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. Verse 29. The people, therefore, that stood by and heard it, say that it thundered. Others said, an angel spake to him. Verse 30, Jesus answered and said, this voice came not because of me, but for your sakes. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord. Thank you for such a great opportunity to share your word. We pray for the unction to function in this service, Lord. Charge your word with power and authority so that this word will convince, will touch, will help. In the name of Jesus. And so we pray that every spirit of distraction will be nullified and every thinking ability will be captive under the unction of the Holy Ghost. We'll pray to your Father in Jesus' name. Amen. The term voice of God is something that begins from Genesis to Revelation. In Genesis chapter 3, the Bible says, And the voice of the Lord was walking in the wilderness as God was asking, looking for Adam and Eve. Later on, this term comes again, particularly in the New Testament, in the Gospels. When Jesus was baptized, the Bible says, Heaven opened and a voice spake, that this is my son, hear him. 
Later on, on the mountain of transfiguration, the Bible says that Jesus was praying with his disciples. His face was transformed. Heaven opened and a voice was spoken. And in John chapter number 12, it was a great time of feast. The Greeks came trying to see Jesus. And the Bible says, Jesus said, my heart is troubled because he had felt the hour was coming. And heaven was open and a voice was spoken. In the book of Revelation chapter number 3 verse 20, the Bible says, and the Lord is standing at the door knocking. Then he said, if you hear his voice and open the door, he will come in. Now the point is to hear the voice. That's where the problem is. How many people hear that voice? We're right in the book of John chapter 12. The Bible says, heaven opened and God spoke. It was a clear voice. So clear, so much so that John, the apostle, wrote it down. However, the Bible says the people there heard a thunder. Let me bring it down. God spoke from heaven to the people. John heard it clearly, but the people heard <laughs> It was a clear voice that John wrote it. This is my son. But the people heard could it be the reason why we fail to do what God calls us to do? Because we don't hear the voice. We hear thunder. And yet, preachers preach every Sunday. Pastor Rainey, Pastor Salon, preach to us. But maybe all we hear is Oh, my God. I want you to lift up your right hand and say, Lord, let me hear your voice this morning. We didn't do this in the first service. In the first service, we spoke to the neighbors, but in this service, I felt like it. Lift it up again and say, Lord, let me hear your voice. Because if you don't hear it, uh, it might be a thunder. <laughs> Paul was walking, persecuting the church, walking to Damascus. The Bible says heaven was open and Jesus said, Paul, why are you persecuting the church? But the Bible says the people that walked with Paul heard a sound. Amazingly. Amazingly that God's voice is resounding in the church and people are hearing sounds and thunders. All the way from Africa... I'm a man under instruction here to this, out this morning, still morning. Mission in Africa has challenges. We have different kind of challenges, probably almost the same with different parts of the world, like India and so on and so forth. Of course, the famous one is poverty. 
Poverty is a great weapon of the enemy because when people are poor, all they want is to stretch their hand. As a matter of fact, it blinds them from anything that God would want to do. You don't find genuineness in their faith because if people would claim to believe because they're receiving something, when you take that receiving away from them, their faith will probably die. It's a challenge. And again, the Bible says it is more blessed to... The first service was better. It is more blessed to... Then too, so in as much as we give them, it is better that they also learn to give for the blessing of the Lord to rest on them. So genuineness of Christianity in certain parts of Africa then has a challenge, especially in that area. People have to walk long distances to get to church. As a matter of fact, in certain parts of Africa, People would rather believe in their ancestors. After all, they grew up believing in those. So if you're going to preach somebody else, then you have to know what you are preaching. Because they believe in their ancestor. If you are to go to Africa, know that you're going to have to deal with the ancestral spirit. Now, if you're not aware of terminologies like demons, you will definitely find them. Some of them are vicious or maybe very active. And so you have to cast them out. You have to cast them out. And they are serious. I remember in this particular service, this pastor's preaching and then there was a gentleman struggling, and then he responded. He came to the front. They prayed for him. Demons manifested. Cast the demons out, took him to the bathroom. They pulled out a ton of things that he was wearing. I mean, a bunch of things. And they prayed for him, and he was free. And so the service went on, and it, it ended at the end, the pastor noticed that the man is not leaving the service. The church is still there. So what's going on? You're free. You can go. He comes to the front and says, thank you so much, pastor, for praying for me, and I'm free. Uh, but I was wondering if you can give me those things. The pastor said, which things? So the things you took off from me. <laughs> uh, if you can give them to me. The pastor said, no, these are the things that bound you. I mean, leave them, we're going to burn them, and then you're free. He says, um, thank you for your prayers, uh, but I want my things. I am not going anywhere. He held on to the stage and said, until you give me my things. And, and, and they had to give them back to him. The re- one of the reasons is because he probably spent a lot of money to it. And so ignorance comes into play. And ignorance binds a lot of people. Hallelujah. And these are some of the challenges that we, we definitely uh, have. I remember in my own country, 
who have had civil war at some point and a war, a real war. Uh, at some point, one leader, literally, you know politicians know how to preach, you know that? They really know how to preach. That's why they can divide people in the same family. This one is red, the other one is blue. Let me not go there. And so this politician preached. One tribe rose against the other tribe. Have you ever been a refugee in your own country? Where you have to leave your house and go put up at the train station, waiting for the train that will probably come in two months for you to go to your region where you come from, that you have never been. But that's the challenge. There are horrible things that happen that sometimes I don't even want to think about. And so a preacher came and did a crusade. I was part of the intercessory group during this particular time because he comes from this region, the region that is chasing the others to go, and so he's having a crusade. A group of people got ready to come to the crusade and cause chaos. They had knives and so on and so forth. As the service began, the Spirit of the Lord touched them and they began to confess. And they gave those knives and they confessed that they were going to create chaos in a crusade. Imagine that a crusade, Jesus is being preached and people pull a knife and begin to kill. I guess maybe they would even think maybe the pastor is the one who organized that. You know? So some of, these are some of the challenges that you find in Africa, real ones, real ones. Transportation could be a serious challenge that we also find. We probably don't slack into zeal. In terms of zeal, I guess we're good. Uh, we love the Lord. But challenges force so many people to do certain things that they probably are not supposed to. But I want to encourage you, uh, as I said in the first service, wrapping a Christmas box that's, that looks so simple. But I remember when I, found, when I got one. I have a friend of mine who is a pastor in one remote area of a country called Botswana in the southern region of Africa, in one of the villages. So he's pastoring there, and so he happened to receive two boxes of Christmas boxes that we wrap here. And I happened to visit by. He told me, look, we received this gift for children. Take this to go give. By then, I had Jessica and J Jason, my children. I also got two boxes to go give it to Jessica and Jason. And I can't forget how happy they were to have those gifts from the Christmas box. A simple thing, but it's blessing someone somewhere. Praise Jesus. Yeah, if you can clap hands, it's fine. Okay. It's fine. I always say if you want to clap for the Lord, then you better clap it well. <laughs> so we have challenges like you can go to school and finish school and probably never get a job and begin to sell. We call it charcoal. 
in, in my country, we call it makala. So it's wood, wood that is burned. It's our chemistry way of doing things. It's burned, and so the leftover, it's black, and that's what we use. I think it, it looks like coal. We use it to cook with. So you may go to school, you have a degree, but no job, and you end up selling charcoal. Now, if you're selling charcoal, you're not going to look clean, I assure you. I really assure you. The book of Romans, chapter number 10. I'm going to read a verse, and I'm going to share a few things. For whatsoever shall, sorry, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? How shall they hear without a preacher? How shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. I began by saying many people fail to hear the voice of God. And so, so many times we hear thunder instead of hearing the voice. And that could be the reason why we are failing to go and preach the gospel or reach the lost. Maybe because we haven't heard. The Bible says, how will they hear if there is no preacher? Somebody has to preach. Somebody has to announce this gospel. And Jesus said, this gospel of the kingdom must be preached. Now, he did not say, and the gospel. Or he did not say, the gospel. He said, this gospel. So it is a particular gospel that has to be preached. I love when Dido came up here and certain things that he said, the terminologies that he used. He said, when I ministered to this woman, she became alive. This gospel of the kingdom must be preached. Now here is a challenge that we have. The first one is fear. We have fear. Fear is normal. Everybody has some. I do. However, do not allow fear to take you away from God. Allow fear to bring you closer to God. Use your fear to depend on God. Say to fear, push me closer to God. And this is what God wants. God wants us to depend on him. Listen to me. Moses was afraid. Moses happened to be the greatest prophet apart from Jesus. There's never been another prophet like Moses. But he was afraid. He was. He could not go. He could not do nothing. He was afraid. And I love one thing about his story is that he had a rod. The rod from the Midianite. That's where he got it from. 
People did not believe God. That's where he got the rod from. But when he was on the mountain and God appeared to him, the Bible says he threw it. It became a snake. He picked it up. That rod became the rod of God. The amazing thing is that the rod changed. I want to assure you, when you depend on God, you can change. There are certain things that can manifest out of your life just because you have depended upon God. You will be shocked what you, the same you, can do because you depended on God. The same you. Look at your neighbor and just say, the same you. I didn't say you repeat. I said, look at your neighbor. (laughs) There are things in you that you might be shocked, but it's still the same you. Just because you depended upon God. If the road could change, it was wood. If it could change, you can change. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. We got to depend on God. I had a problem with my wife. Thank God she's not here. (laughs) When we were in a relationship, my wife grew up depending on herself. And so, when we were courting or walking on the street, and probably we're trying to cross the road and there's another car coming, I was expecting my wife to cleave onto me. But she will find another direction. I had a problem with that. I guess every man would prefer a woman to be secured with him. And all the men say, Amen. I don't want my wife or the woman I'm going to marry to look for security someone else. The car is coming. I'm not going to take you to a car to be hit by a car. I'm going to secure you. Just cleave unto me. And so I'll go like, hey, come here, come here. Stay with me. We're not going to die. Praise the name of Jesus. And this is how God wants. God wants us to depend on him. I don't care how afraid you are. If you can depend on him, you will be shocked. You, the same you, what you can do. If an African from the dust, from civil war running, but because he depended on God, he can stand today and speak to you, you will be shocked what you, you can do. When you depend on God. When you depend on God. Fear not. God kept on repeating it. Fear not. Fear not. Fear not. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Now some people say, Pastor, I'm not afraid, but what can I say? I can't speak. Moses say the same. I can't speak. There are some people when, when they give them a microphone here, all of a sudden, boom, all the vocabulary disappear. I know Moses say the same. I can't speak. I really can't. But listen again. As I said earlier on, 
the most important thing is to depend on God. You don't have to say so many things. It might be one word. And that one word can change somebody. I love one thing with the Jehovah's Witness. This particular thing. When they come to you, they start talking. When you say, let me say something, he says, hold on. You will say at the end. They will speak and speak and speak and speak and speak and finish. When you ask them a question, they say, we'll discuss about this next time when I will come. And they will tell you, don't argue with the word of God. Ah, that's good. So go and speak. Just when they they interrupt you, tell them, hold on, let me finish. Keep talking, talking, talking. When they ask you a question, rush back, come and ask Pastor Rennie, you'll go back again. (laughs) Amen. Yeah. Just, Just speak. Because they've memorized whatever they are trying to share. If you throw in a question, they will never respond to it. They will tell you, when we come next time, we shall discuss about it. Amen. So you can speak. I know you can look so quiet, so holy in church. (laughs) We can take the same you, the same you, in the stadium, watching Red Sox. You'll be shocked how you'll scream. (laughs) The same you. And the church say, "Amen." amen. The same you. The same you. You can talk. Praise the name of Jesus. And this gospel of the kingdom must be preached. Somebody got to say something. Somewhere. Somebody has to say something, something. A, A new believer in the Congo, where I come from, he just got born again. He didn't know much. And, but he happened to have a dispute with two Muslims at the corner. He says, Jesus is God. The Muslim says, no, he's not God. He's a prophet, and our prophet Mohammed, and it's a serious dispute. And then they stopped and said, look here, we are two of us. You are alone, and you still dispute with us. Okay, prove to us that your Jesus is God. They walked with him down the street. There was a man who had one leg. The other leg was amputated. So prove to us that Jesus is God. Call him. Now, this man was just born again. Even though, I would assume, even though he talked about Jesus, he probably didn't know much about him. However, he believed in what he was saying. He did not say a word. He went to his knees, held the broken leg, and called upon the name of Jesus. Ladies and gentlemen, the leg grew. It grew. Just because he believed. If you can depend upon him, you will be shocked what you can do. Praise Jesus. Don't be afraid. Somebody has to preach. Don't be afraid. Hallelujah. And this gospel of the kingdom. Why should we preach? First of all, because the Bible says the whole world is under darkness. I don't care how they look. 
smart they can be, driving better cars. But the Bible says the whole world is under darkness, is under the control of darkness. First John chapter 5, verse 19. It's the whole world. That's what we have to preach to them. Hallelujah. Yes, we have to. Listen, the gospel of Jesus that we are preaching is not a gospel of death. It's a gospel of life. We are bringing life to the world. Listen, there are three, maybe four kinds of life. I'm going to go quickly. The first one is what I call the innate life. It's a life that you receive from your parents. You are born, I'm born as a mulaji. That's where I come from. My father is mulaji, so we all mulaji. And so I can grow up like that, go to school, go to university, get a job, get a wife, have children, grow old, and die. It's a life. And many people live like that. It's just a life. Number two, it's what I call a dependent life. It's a life whereby we depend on others. We depend on paycheck to paycheck. We depend on other people. For you to make a decision, you have to consult people. You can do nothing. You are depending on others. God did not call us to live a life of dependency all the time. No. Number three, the life. Uh, the third life is what I call the life you can create. You can create a life. You can make a life. Without God, you become popular. We have people who have created a life. There's a man in the Bible by the name of Nimrod. He comes from the tribe of Shem. Among the three children of Noah, Noah was drunk. One child saw his nakedness, mocking at him. Two covered Noah. When Noah became sober, the Bible says he cursed his son. And so Nimrod is a child of a cursed father. However, Nimrod is the first leader ever existed in the Bible. Is the leader that laid the construction of the Tower of Babel. It was Nimrod. From a generation of cursed people. And yet he made a life. And became a leader. So their people can make life out of their own effort. They can hit on themselves and say, I have made it. Isaac was about to die. He wanted to bless. Jacob stole the blessing. Literally, as Jacob walked out of the room, the Bible says Esau came with his food. He said, Daddy, here I am. The father began to tremble. Who did I just bless? And Esau knew that Jacob had stolen the blessing. Esau cried, Daddy, please, is there not even one blessing? The father said, I've given all to Jacob. Genesis 27. I've given all to Jacob. You shall submit. You will serve Jacob. But the Bible says in verse number 40, the father said, when you become restless, when you are ready to break free, you shall shake yourself 
and the yoke will be broken. So if Esau did not understand that language, he would have never made himself a better person. If you flip a few pages down the line, when Jacob is coming from Laban, running away, coming back, he met Esau. The Bible says Esau was also very rich. So he made himself. He created a life even though he did not get the blessing. So there are people who can make themselves. But the gospel of Jesus Christ we are preaching, it is also the gospel of life. I feel the Holy Spirit over my life. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whoever believes in him may not perish, but have eternal life. The gospel of Jesus is the gospel of life. We come to the world and tell them there is a life. It is a life from God. It is a life from God. And the same Apostle John, in 1 John, he he continues, he says, this is the record that God has given life into his son. Eternal life. He says, we have the testimony in ourselves that we have eternal life. The Father has given life in his son. And whoever has the Son has eternal life. So it is a gospel of life. Praise be unto God. It's not a gospel of death, ladies and gentlemen. It's a gospel of life. We come into the world and tell them, hey, listen, there is a life. It is eternal. When you understand this, you will see that you don't deserve to be sick. Because you have life. You realize that you don't deserve to just live a life of complaining. Because you have a better life, ladies and gentlemen. The life from God. For God so loved the world that he gave. That whosoever believes may not perish but have eternal life. Somebody say hallelujah. What are we going to preach? What are we going to preach? We want to preach Christ crucified. He did not stay in the tomb. He came out of the tomb. For your own information, the proof to show that God accepted Jesus' death, it is in his resurrection. Because the Bible says it is God who rose him from the dead, which shows that God had accepted the sacrifice. Preach Christ crucified. Christ resurrected. Show me one person in the world who came back from the dead by himself. Show me one. Show me one person in the world who will tell you that he is the life. No one. If they tried, ask them if they told you that they are the way. Nobody will tell you that. Jesus said, I am the way. We don't have 15 ways. We don't have 50 ways. No, Jesus is the only way to the Father. He is the way. And so we come with that gospel. It is the gospel of life. Tell them that God is not there to count their sins. No. 
The Bible says if you believe in him, you have passed from death into life. That's what the Bible says. And the Bible says he did not account the sins to them. No. But he was in Christ Jesus reconciling the world to himself. 2 Corinthians 5.19. He reconciled the world to himself. Jesus was not ordinary, ladies and gentlemen. When Jesus walked on the street, God was in him. No wonder he walked on the waters. No wonder he brought the dead back to life. No, No wonder he healed the sick because he was not himself. He was not ordinary, ladies and gentlemen. He was not. The book of Acts 10.38 For God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with power and the Holy Ghost that he went about in villages and towns healing the sick and curing all those that were oppressed of the devil. And the conclusion says because God was with him. That's the gospel we are preaching. This gospel of life. Even though I walk in the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because God is with me. That's the gospel we're preaching. That's the gospel we're preaching. It's the gospel of life, not of death. It's a gospel not of condemnation, but of love. Because God is reconciled. Himself came down in Christ Jesus. Reconciling the world to himself. Somebody say hallelujah. So tell them. That life has come. Preach to them salvation. Tell them they need to be saved. They need to be saved. They need to believe in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Let me say this, and I'm going to wind up. Life has come. Life has come. If you don't have anything to say, tell them life has come. They will tell you, where is it? It's in Jesus Christ. Because he that has the Son has life. Praise Jesus. He that has the Son has life. The point is, do you have the Son? If you have the Son, you have the life. Enjoy it. Listen, it's a gospel of joy. It's a gospel of happiness, not of sadness. Because God is not there to weep us. No. He comes to us. He says, come unto me, O he that are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. This gospel must be preached. I said, this gospel must be preached. Somebody must say something. You cannot stay in your home alone. Say something. You don't know your words can help a child in Africa. You don't know what you can do can help a neighbor who doesn't have the answer. You don't know you can help a nation. You can save an old nation. Just the same you. If you understand that this gospel of the kingdom must be preached. And then the end shall come.
Here is what I say. When you speak the gospel, you have to put in your mind, it is life you are giving away. Look at Jesus. Lazarus is dead. Four days. He comes. What did he say? He said, Lazarus, come. That's what he said. He's walking on the water. Peter and the other disciples are in the boat. Peter said, if it is you, bid me to come. What did he say? Come. The same word. But with different results. This gospel is the gospel of life. It could be the same word, but it can save somebody. When you say it, something is happening somewhere. Then you will see a drunkard being born again. Not condemning him, but the gospel of life. Somebody got to say something. Do me a favor. Lift up your right hand and say, Lord, let me hear your voice this morning. Listen. The Apostle John said, as many has received him. To them, he gave the power, the ability, the authority, the right to be called the sons of God. Not of the will of the blood, not of the will of flesh, not of the will of man, but of God. This gospel of the kingdom must be preached. And then the end will come. I'll ask Pastor Wayne to come. I want, you, I want you to stand on your feet just for a few seconds. And so I like saying this. I didn't say it in the beginning, in the first service. Sometimes when I get so excited and, and I go, because <laughs> when you read the gospel, when you read the word, sometimes I feel like jumping in myself, screaming on myself, because it's a gospel of life. When I'm down, when things are probably not working well, you remember this gospel is a gospel of life gospel of life. Take a few seconds. Consider this word. I'm sure next Sunday there is a tremendous word that is coming. Even as we pray in responding to this. Prepare your heart. Prepare your mind. You may not go, but you can do something that may go. You may send someone, like the missionaries that we have, to reach far. You are still preaching by doing so. Take a few seconds, just worship God. This gospel must be preached.
take my life.